This episode is brought to you by OneSkin, which is my go-to for skincare no matter the weather. Because unlike other products that you need to change up with the seasons, OneSkin products are powered by their scientifically proven peptide called OS1, which reduces the accumulation of damaged aging cells. Basically, instead of masking the issues, OneSkin addresses them at a cellular level, boosting your skin's natural barrier to lock in moisture and help protect against the elements. For a limited time, Birthful listeners will get an exclusive 15% off OneSkin products using the code BIRTHFUL when you check out at oneskin.co. And I 100% recommend OneSkin. Not only does it make my skin feel, act, and appear younger, but friends that I haven't seen for a while are taking notice and asking, what are you doing to your skin? It is that good. And I also love their expanding line. On a day-to-day basis, I use OneSkin Prep to wash my face. Then I apply their OS1 Eye topical supplement around my eyes and their OS1 Face on my face and neck. Or if I know I'm going to be out in the sun for a while, then I use their OS1 Shield, which has an SPF that prevents UV-induced aging and repairs cellular aging all at once. Easy peasy. Get started today with 15% off using code BIRTHFUL at oneskin.co. That's 15% off at oneskin.co with the code BIRTHFUL. And after you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them BIRTHFUL sent you. Help your skin stay younger and healthier for longer with OneSkin. I'm a huge fan of preparation and prevention, and one of the most impactful and immediate ways to influence maternal and infant health is through nourishing nutrition. But honestly, when was the last time any of your providers had a meaningful conversation with you about eating habits and prenatal supplements? Prioritizing nutrition can truly change perinatal health for the better, which is why when talking about prenatal supplements, I'm proud to partner with Needed. They've redesigned the prenatal vitamin from the ground up based on the latest clinical research and in-practice experience of testing thousands of pregnant people's nutrient levels to know what they actually needed, not just to meet some bare minimum needs. And what I always tell my clients is that even though they're called prenatal vitamins, you should continue to take supplements during postpartum and beyond because your body still needs so much nutritional support. I love that at Needed, they understand this and have different plans to make it easy for you to meet your optimal micronutrient, microbiome, and protein needs. They have a fertility support plan, a plan for each of the four trimesters, and a lactation support plan, just to name a few. Needed is recommended by nearly 4,000 doctors, midwives, doulas, and nutritionists, and is proud to be the first perinatal nutrition company that's B Corp and climate neutral certified. Head over to thisisneeded.com and use code BIRTHFUL for 20% off your first month of needed products. That's thisisneeded.com and use the code BIRTHFUL for 20% off your first month of needed products. 
Welcome to Birthful. I'm Adriana Lozada. So I'm capturing the details of their like bonding time, that golden hour, um, just observational. I'm not posing them. That's doula and birth photographer Carissa Raya. Today, she will be sharing what to consider when trying to capture your birth experience, including special moments to look out for and suggestions on how to stay present in the moment while you capture it. Make sure you stay on till the end of the episode for my two things to do, one for you, one for the rest of us. You're listening to Birthful, here to inform your intuition. My name is Carissa Raya. My pronouns are she and her. And I simply identify as a first-generation Mexican-American. Welcome, Carissa. It is so nice to have you here today. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to talk to you and pick your brain about ways to capture the birth experience. But before we do that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'll start with my own experience as becoming a mom. I listen to your podcast, so I hear... My transition into motherhood changed my life, and that happened to me. I was um, already on like the path of really the self-evolution, but having my daughter really opened my world, and she was a huge catalyst into my own healing and my own journey. So it was after having her that I was like, I want to support other people with capturing their stories, with telling their stories, with supporting them, holding their hand through this transition too. So I became a doula within months of having my daughter. And then it was in that time during my doula training, actually, I was documenting and asking the trainer, I was like, can I take pictures for you later? I was a hobbyist. I wasn't a photographer at that time. And so it was really through that experience too. The doula training I took was like a POC, person of color only training. And it was really focused on traditional practices and really focused on yourself. The person I was trained by was Sumaya Franklin, who's a Bay Area, Oakland midwife. And her motto is doula your damn self. So how do you doula yourself to then be the best support for others? I still learned so much from her. And so for the first few months after becoming a doula, I really was my own doula, learning about myself, how to best support other people. And it was in that really precious time that I was like, I'm a photographer. (laughs) I've always been a photographer. In college, I was in a club where I was the historian. It was called Mujeres. Ayudando la Raza. So it was like a community service-based organization. And I was a historian. So I took pictures to document that history. And in high school, I did film photography. In college, I also did film photography. And I always have loved it as a hobby. I didn't have the confidence, I think, to like seek it out as a profession. So it was after in that time where after I did the doula training, I really felt empowered in my own capacity to call myself a photographer. It was Mm. scary, but I went for it. So I just photographed everything, mostly family, lifestyle. And then I was like, I'm a doula, I can document birth. And so it's just kind of snowballed and spiraled from there. Everything that I've been doing, I just kind of add on skills based on what my interests, what my clients are seeking out. So I do lots of things from like energy work. I practice Reiki on my, I can do that on my birth clients too. So I'm also like a placenta medicine maker and I practice like herbalism for myself. So I do so many little things, um, but photography is really weaved throughout them all. Mm. And training with Samaya, you are a full spectrum doula as well, right? Yes. I love that idea of doula your damn self. 
frankly. <laughs> it's yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolute transformation. How old is your daughter now? She's still before in October. Okay, so this is recent. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. a, a recent passion. Oh, I'm so excited for you. We've got a, a, an unusual situation right now in that we've been several months dealing with the, the pandemic, all the COVID situation, mm-hmm. and how there's been a limit to the amount of people you can have in the birth room. So I want us to talk about what are some ways that people can document their birth experience? Let's talk first of if they can't have a birth photographer. What are your thoughts on that? So I feel like I like to come at things in the perspective that anybody can do anything. So as far as photography, anybody can pick up a camera and start taking photos. You don't have to be professional. You don't have to have training. It's so accessible now. Cameras, they're on our phone and they're like high quality cameras on our phones. So we can easily take pictures and there's little tips that you I can just share for people who are having a birth in a hospital where they can't even have their doula, where they can't have a photographer, they can only have, you know, one person, usually their partner, or like a really close loved one. One of the biggest tips I give people is just perspective. We're so used to taking our pictures, like standing, and our cameras right here, right in front of our face, snap, and it's that's it. But if you just change the perspective slightly, like go really low, look up, just changing the perspective of the camera really adds a dynamic level and gives a whole different depth to the image. So that even the iPhone camera will like blur out the background. So that shallow depth of field where only the foreground is in focus, just shifting the perspective or tilting the angle slightly. I love to capture in general is details. I love the details of like hands holding, of like the hand in the hair, just like the really close zoomed in kind of details because we don't normally look at those things. We see someone's face, we see someone's smile, but we don't see like the hand just like gently caressed of the toddler on mom, things like that. So those little details. So in the hospital, also capturing those details of just like holding each other's hands, of mom's hand resting on her belly as she as she's laboring, um, even just the little details of the room because our memory will fade. What I encourage people when they're kind of thinking of birth photography is the birthing person is laboring. They're not paying attention to the de- the bigger details of the room because they're in labor and they're focusing. And the deeper labor gets, the less and less those details matter to them. And rightfully so, they're in labor. So having a birth photographer, we can capture all the little details, like the little details of what's on the wall or the little notes that the nursing staff write on the hospital whiteboard. And rather than, like I said, just taking the like, okay, I'm just going to snap this picture at my perspective, maybe getting in a little closer, maybe getting in very back from the camera or very like back in the room and getting the whole room. So perspective and then like how close we are to that, to that, um, whatever we're shooting. Would you recommend people have a tripod to make things more stable? It would help, especially if the birthing person is needing more support from partner. Usually they want like to hold their hand or they're hugging, especially if it's their first child. They're going to want more support usually. uh, And it's going to be a longer process, the whole laboring process. So having a tripod, you could totally set it up 
You can set up a time lapse, which would be really fun mm-hmm. to watch. You could set the timer. They also sell really inexpensively on Amazon a remote that just links up to your Bluetooth on your phone. So if you have a tripod, even if it's not a very tall one, sometimes they make those like little ones with arms, kind of like octopus arms that you can put on anywhere. A little tripod like that and use a remote to put to capture stills. I love that idea. And I love the idea of focusing on details and maybe focusing on those details early on yes. when, <laughs> before yes. things get too intense and not yeah. worry if you can't get every piece of it, right? That's the time to capture those details is early on when labor is still not very intense before transition, when it's still calm enough to be able to step away from that birthing person to be like, I'm just right here in the room taking pictures and documenting. And it doesn't take very long. But if they're new to like photography and new to using their camera in a different way with different perspective, especially if they listen to this with more thought and more intention, it, it, it could take a few minutes to do that. And even if they don't have a tripod, they could totally set it up somewhere, set it up on the counter and set it up with um, the self timer and things like that. Mm-hmm. There's a, you know, if you're at the hospital, there's always that little tray that, yes. that has, you can adjust the height on the tray so you can yes. get those lower angles yes. and use that exactly. as a movable tripod. Exactly. And I'll at times use the, anything that's around me to prop up my phone. Did you know that Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take about 20,000 breaths per day? That is so many breaths. Now, according to the EPA, the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and in some cases, up to a hundred times more polluted. So then what is the solution for cleaner indoor air? For me, it's Air Doctor and their line of superb air purifiers that have captured the attention of established media outlets such as CNN, Money, ABC, and many more. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants so that your lungs don't have to. This includes all kinds of pollutants, such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses that can make you sick. Plus, Air Doctor comes with a 30-day Breathe Easy money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code BIRTHFALL to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. And exclusive to podcast listeners, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock in this special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O dot com so airdoctorpro.com and use the promo code birthful tell me if this sounds familiar you've taken gorgeous photos of your baby or your kids and then when you want to share them it is a pain either trying to find the photos or figuring out the group text that they should go to and then also remembering that say aunt helen only does email so you need to send her image separately Or like in my case, where my husband is a photographer who takes magnificent photos that I rarely actually get to see because they live on his phone or end up scattered in text messages that I can't easily find. 
enter the Family Album app, which was created to give parents a secure and easy way to share photos and videos with your loved ones. Basically, it's a personal space for your family's memories without third-party ads or unwanted eyes and with a bunch of fabulous features. It automatically sorts photos and videos by month, allowing you to swipe back in time and easily see how your child has grown. And you can also order eight photo prints every month to be delivered to your home. The Family Album app also has unlimited storage. Plus, it's totally free. Yup, no more worrying about running out of space or being bombarded by third-party ads. So, to all the parents out there still trying to use other messaging apps for your kids' photos, level up your family photo game for free and securely with the Family Album photo sharing app. Head over to the App Store today, search Family Album, all in one word, and download the app to start creating your shared photo legacy. One of the things that I, as a doula, trying to take pictures for people have had a difficult time with always is, you know, the low light. And I know that phone cameras, as you were talking before, have gotten so much better and really being able to capture stuff with low light. What are your thoughts on that? And what tips do you have for people? So using a phone camera you can tap on the screen on an area to focus. Sometimes in very low light situations, it's hard for the camera to find what to focus on because it's so dark. So in that case, uh, sometimes I'll use a second phone to just use the flashlight to light the space just so I could focus. And then I'll turn it off or I'll even use that just as a bounce. If I have another phone, like I'll grab my husband's phone and I'll shine the flashlight as like almost like a, a makeshift flash, so to speak. And then I'll use that to then take the picture. But I always recommend having a little light turned on, or I, I always tell my birth clients to take little like fake candles even just to kind of set the mood. So if there's something, some like ambient light, usually in hospitals, they have like some backlit light, they'll have like the big hospital lights you can turn off and then just turn on like the ambient more moody lights under the counter or something like that turning on one of those lights instead of like the main light especially if the birthing person is needing you know that dark space to kind of go into their experience yeah instead of those really hard harsh fluorescent that yeah yeah exactly (laughs) and I would guess that if you're birthing during the day you're going to get a little bit more daylight even if you hit the blinds so that might create for some interesting fills Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it depends on where you are in the building, right? It just, even if it's daylight, it could be pretty dark still. So just playing with what you have, looking for the light. So looking for all the lights in the room and just seeing, you know, which switches work for what and turning on the ones that could work for just like ambient, warm light. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any suggestions of still in a hospital setting when things get more intense and say anything that people should think about in the pushing stage although half of me is saying like don't take any pictures focus on on the person that's giving birth what are your thoughts around that I would say if they're really wanting to capture that moment which would be a really beautiful moment to capture and to also capture themselves right if their partner and they're supporting the pregnant person giving birth and she's pushing and they can't take pictures of the actual with their phone in their hand because they're supporting them having the tripod they're going to capture their own reaction too. my favorite capture 
is to capture that partner's face as soon as they see their baby. Um, so having a tripod would be the best for that because and on a remote because they could capture the stills with the remote. Or even just can, before pushing, start to set up the time mm-hmm. lapse and then they will also get, you know, focus on this. Yeah, that's a great idea. I love the remote part. That's where my heart is a little bit torn about having people capture their own experience because I feel it's such a emotional transformational mm-hmm. moment that I don't want them worrying about the camera. So I love the tripod. I love the time lapse. I love the forethought. And then just get what you get. Mm-hmm. Now, say people are having a birth situation, maybe being at home, being at a birth center where they can have a birth photographer. What are some of the things that they can, you know, ask to see if that birth photographer is the right match for them or things to to look out for? Someone's work is and their portfolio is going to speak for themselves. So they see a web, their website or they see someone else's pictures. This is what usually happens is a client of mine will post pictures and then they see that and they see they get the feeling. So photography and seeing images, right, brings so much, so many questions, so many feelings so then that sparks their idea of, okay, I'm going to look out for a photographer. So reaching out to a photographer, you could ask about their experience in birth. Not a lot of photographers have lots of experience in birth if they're also doula trained, because that would give them more of a perspective of what happens and the unpredictability of birth. And then, of course, one of the biggest things is how early or how late they're on call for you, um, because birth is unpredictable. And so similar questions as when you're looking for a doula, like, you know, what your experience is, what the ins and outs of being on call look like, and how many other clients you have, if there's a backup. So it's like really similar to doula questions, because birth is unpredictable. You can't just hire us at a date and, you know, take pictures and that's it. We don't know when the birth will happen. Uh, And it's really interesting with that unpredictability during COVID, I actually was at a home birth a few months ago and she was a transfer. So I only could capture what I captured at her home and she transferred. So I did end up going to her home a couple of weeks after to take some pictures of the family with the newborn, but I wasn't able to actually document that moment of birth because she was transferred. And I'm guessing that's some of the questions that you talk about after, like, what if, you know, playing some scenarios of what if I have a transfer and you can't come? Mm -hmm. I'm sure from what you're saying in your documents you have, yeah, well, I'll come afterwards and take some pictures for you. Mm -hmm. You mentioned being on call. So usually how long are you at a birth for? What can people expect? So... I am a doula and a photographer. And in the industry, they call them like doula togs. <laughs> it's like doula photog. And so in that case, I'm supporting as a doula as well. So I am there like the whole time. And I usually will capture in those early details, supporting them. And so I kind of go back and forth from my camera. And what I actually make sure to make a point of to discuss at length is that my priority as a doula is them and supporting them. So the camera is not my priority in the cases where they really need more support. So for instance, in the pushing stage, if they're needing more support and they don't have, you know, a lot of people, especially right now, there aren't more than one person to support, then I'm there 
and we'll get the camera after. So I make sure that we discuss that at length so that they understand that if you're really wanting that moment, I will capture it for you. But if you're really needing the support, you're going to want the support more in that moment. I also do get hired as just a photographer. So sometimes people already have a doula. And so if they just need a photographer, I also do get hired just as a photographer. So in that case, I do get there um, mostly for when they're approaching active labor. I'll either stay for um, just about an hour, like the an hour postpartum. So I'm capturing the details of their like bonding time, that golden hour, um, just observational. I'm not posing them. And that's really important to note with birth photography is it's unposed. I'm not like giving them guides. Like I am like with a lifestyle shoot or with an in-home family shoot. It's just documentary style for, for me personally. I don't like to guide them. This is a really intimate ceremony, really, birth is. So I don't like to interrupt in any way. I really like to be that fly on the wall. So in that golden hour, I'll just kind of be rotating around, capturing everything that I can in that time. And sometimes I stay a little longer. Somebody wants a longer package where I stay for a few more hours beyond that and just capturing a little bit more as they settle into like the postpartum room. Mm-hmm. And you know this as a doula, that we get to be there for these incredible transformational moments where you don't need to pose anybody because mm -hmm. they're just meeting their kid for the first yeah, time yeah. and connecting with each other of the experience. Like, it's just so intense that those photos mm -hmm. will be they're so... They're really raw. Oh. Yeah. So, Carissa, what about in case that somebody needs a cesarean that you can't go into the birth room and into the OR is my experience um, that only one person is allowed. And usually that's the birth partner who gets chosen. What are some thoughts in that situation? And that's one of the things that we talk about, right, with the unpredictability is that anything could happen. And if this happens or this happens or this happens, everything is kind of outlined, especially from a technical standpoint, from like a contract, we want to make sure that they understand what the offering is and what could happen in the instances. And so that has happened to me where I had a client who did end up going to get a cesarean and I was not able to go into that room with them. And so usually I recommend that their partner take a few pictures. Usually they allow some pictures, at least from their perspective, take a few pictures, even maybe just take a picture of them two together and you could still capture those details, uh, like holding hands or as they're just preparing. And it's a process for them to prepare that room and prepare them together for him to get all clothed and everything like that to get ready. But a lot of times there's just so much energy. They're, you know, excited, but yet they're like worried and there's just so much happening. So I feel like that could be very difficult for them in that moment. But it depends on the circumstance. In that birth in particular, I was there already for like 20 hours. So I had documented so much. And then being in the OR was just, you know, two hours. And then I got to document after. So once they wheeled them into the postpartum room after being in the OR, I was able to document just them two with the baby. So they still had that bonding time. I always like to tell clients who are going for a cesarean, like definitely remember your phone and even ask the anesthesiologist who's right behind them to take that first family mm -hmm. portrait, right, of the three of them. But it can even be helpful for that when baby is being checked to have the birth partner go 
take some snapshots or video mm -hmm. of the baby and then bring it back bring to the birthing back. person. Like the baby's born almost immediately, but then you've got another close mm -hmm. 40 minutes or so um, just of finalizing the procedure, which can be yeah, yeah. really good to have those images to distract, right? Or not mm -hmm. distract, but like, yeah, focusing on baby instead of just hearing them. Yeah, yeah. That reminds mm -hmm. me, though, one of the things that if I have the wherewithal as a doula <laughs> right after a birth, depending on how it's gone, I mm -hmm. try to hit the voice memos on my phone just to capture the audio in the room right after the baby is born. And that's another beautiful way of capturing those first few words. That. Yeah, that's really the sound, just the beautiful sounds of the room. I think that's a really, really good practice. I'm going to, I'm going to try that too and just see if I remember and listen after. Because like I mentioned, I was coming off that birth high. We all know as birth workers, like we also are affected by all the oxytocin in the room and we just leave with like this beautiful glow of like oxytocin. And so being able to listen to that moment after, I think will just be like a really good reminder of, you know, the intensity and the beauty of birth. And I find the parents at that time say the most lovely things to like they're yeah. meeting their kid and taking them in. So you get these sort of like, what do you look like? Or whoa, that was a lot, <laughs> but we did it. Just like really yeah. candid, debrief, like almost internal debriefing of what just happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are awesome. What about home birth? Is there anything specific to that scenario? From my perspective, I think it's just asking who will be there and if there's anything particular they want to capture because they are at home, there might be something special to them. Like they might be laboring in their special chair or they might have a piece of clothing or a robe that is special to them. And that's what I find usually is that there's something that they really want to document or like the home birth I was in. Um, just a couple months ago during COVID, her son was also there. So getting able to document him being part of the process and just, you know, existing in that space while she labors. So I got to see, capture him playing and in the background, like his mom is in labor. <laughs> Aww. That's yeah, because when you're at home births, you can actually include the whole family, not just whoever yeah. got to go to the hospital. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Have you had any different experiences or any things related to birth centers specifically? That Sometimes I like to ask because you can see on the website what the room looks like. So I like to ask which room, they if they know they'll be in a certain room, if they'll be in water or not. So I'll, sometimes I'll prepare for those. Um, from a birth photographer's perspective, it's also just being aware of what you're going to need as far as lenses go because... If it's a small room, we're going to need more of a wide angle to capture. My go-to lens isn't always going to work in every case because it depends on the size of the room. Um, and same with home birth, too, because every home is different. Every home has different lighting. Um, so just being aware of, okay, where are we going to be laboring? How big is that room? Do I need a flash? All these like, little questions. Because lighting is the key component when it comes to photography. You need light to capture images. So light is one of the biggest things I'm always looking for. I'll open windows. I'll just be like, can I open this curtain while they're laboring in their bed? I'm noticing that it's golden hour, that that sun is coming through and I have these beautiful glares and it warms up the room. So those are little things that I notice. And if not, then I have flashes that I could use. Um, and that reminds me, so because my my husband is a photographer too. <laughs> so 
um, I've got his accoutrement around me. I'm like, oh, yeah, we use sometimes using boards to bounce light off. Yeah. Can you uh -huh. speak a little bit about that? Yeah. Anything can reflect light, right? So certain colors reflect more light than others. Like I remember in a home birth I was in, the crib was white and it was near a window. So if I opened the window slightly and the light just hit the, the, the crib where they were going in and out of, then I would get more light bouncing off of that crib. So it's the same. It's, it's using that concept. I'll recommend people get like a foam board sometimes and using like just a regular foam board you can get at Target that is white and you can bounce light off of it. So just putting it on the other side of the room, if there's a window opposite it, will reflect light from that back on onto my subject. And make there's it other like photographer tools where you can get actual like reflectors and things like that that are easily accessible. Yeah. And then you can like fill if you've got really harsh light on one side. You can fill the other side with that bounce and have it be exactly. softer. Yeah. 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 Play with light. And depending on where the light is, I like to also just, then I could get like silhouetted pictures too. Mm. If the mom is like really backlit to just get some pictures of her like profile. So what I'm hearing is also that people should get their cameras and practice with them so that they're familiar, like taking some stuff beforehand so that then they're not trying to figure out the technology while they're having a birth. Um, yeah, definitely. And we spoke mostly about like using your phone for phone photography, but people might have a point and shoot camera. They might have a little digital camera or they might want to invest in one if they're about to have a baby because we all know as parents, we take pictures all the time of our kids. Um, so they might be investing in one at that point. So it'd be really, really good idea to get to know your camera before going into the hospital. Just play around inside your own home for lighting, for low lighting settings, and just snap. <laughs> yeah, and the whole low light, how much they're able to capture these new phones, it yeah. just blows me away. Mm -hmm. You mentioned before that knowing if it was a water birth m made a difference. Is there? Why does it make a difference for you? Um, because sometimes the perspective is a lot harder to capture. And I learned this because um, I was at a home birth last year that what she would she did birth in the pool. Sometimes they don't always birth in the water. Sometimes they'll get out and end up moving around. Um, so it was harder to see. So having my own flashlight would have helped. Like a lot of time midwives will have a flashlight so they can see. Having my own flashlight, I have a, like an underwater case for my phone, not for my camera, but for my phone. So even if I had that to use that and capture some stills, because we couldn't really capture the actual birth because of the position and the light. There was no light in the water, so it was really difficult. In terms of photography-related things, what other things do you have in your bag? Flashlight, your bouncers maybe a, an underwater case <laughs> <laughs> right soon to be yeah. scuba kit <laughs> um i have an external flash i always have extra an extra battery in case you know a birth goes a long time or if i'm just snapping a lot and i also take my chargers just in case i take extra memory cards because pictures take lots of space Tell me about mm -hmm. some of your favorite birth photographer moments that you've had. For me, it's those like those like split second moments. 
it's the moment where like the mom is just grabbing her baby and gets to see baby. That's one reason I really love birth photography is because as a birthing person, you don't get to see everything. The home birth I was in a couple months ago, her midwife said, your baby's right there. Like, go ahead and feel. So she was, um, she had just pushed and she just went down and felt her ba- the top of her baby's head. And I got that picture of her face like, like, totally surprised. Like, that's my baby. And I think she even like reached down as she was contracting so she could feel even more deeply. I got her face like that, like surprised, oh my gosh, face. So those ones I love. And then also capturing partner. So that's one of my favorites, especially in a hospital setting. The mo- like birthing person can't see. They're like either laying down or they're flat and they can't see until, you know, baby gets placed on them. And so the partner usually could see a lot quicker. So the partner will see and then either like the tears will start streaming or like their face will be like surprised. So I like to be on the opposite of them to capture that. And usually I love capturing like, you know, the baby in the foreground and then like focused on the partners like, oh, my God, face. <laughs> and it's so funny. I keep shaking my head and going, yes, yes, internally, because I've seen those faces where you were talking about her feeling her head. I know that the minute they touch the head, that face is going to light up because I've seen it over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like that's a moment of like, oh, my gosh, that's my baby. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it gives me chills. Right? I really have the chills. Yeah. 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 I mean, too, like goosebumps <laughs> on my arms. And when you were talking about the partner's face, when they realize they kind of like just sit back and you can see everything drain all this mm-hmm. tension that they had it's like, oh, everybody's safe and we're all here. Mm-hmm. And when you get the picture of the birthing person after they've kind of seen, there's that moment when they look over to the partner and kind of go like, did you see that? Did you see what we like, (laughs) what we just did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those little tender moments are always so great. Just the tenderness of, you know, the birthing person holding baby and just them like snuggling together. The partner usually comes down and gives lots of kisses and just those little tender moments. I think I want to make sure people hear that even though they think, ah, do I really need to document this? You will definitely, definitely be happy you got these pictures later on because there's so much you won't remember. Yeah, yeah. There is so much you want. There's those little details that we mentioned that nobody really looks at, we don't think of. But we know that as parents, we like to revisit those memories of you know the birth experience if we didn't experience like birth trauma for instance or if it was a really magical experience then we like to revisit those pictures and look at them and actually I like to show my daughter because I only I didn't have a birth photographer myself but I had my mom and my mom's actually the reason I got into photography she always had a camera taking our pictures she had the camera so she was taking pictures of everything so now I'll look back and look at the pictures and I show my daughter and she loves it She's like, that's me. And I was born. She's like, you went like this. <laughs> she knows. She knows. She's going to be a little doula or midwife one day, too. Yeah. <laughs> she... well, and that, yeah, that adds another extra special layer to their birthday, being able to see the mm-hmm. pictures. I love it. Oh, Krista, is there anything else before we wrap up that you wanted to make sure we mentioned? I just want to leave people with, I hope that they like are more inclined to document their like special moments and even non-special moments, just like document their lives more. We usually pick up our camera, our phone when it's like a special moment, when it's like a milestone, a birthday or something like that. But just taking everyday pictures 
taking pictures of, you know, the messy room that you're mad about because one day you're going to miss it. Maybe (laughs) taking pictures of like the toys of like them playing the little details because we just forget the, like the mundane days. And we only are left usually with pictures of those celebratory moments. And those moments are important, but I think all the mundane moments are really beautiful too. And it leaves us with like something to really look back on in the future when we're looking at, you know, boxes of pictures or hard drives of pictures since nobody prints them anymore. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. If people want to reach out to you, contact you, ask you questions, how can they do that? They can find me on Instagram at olivelavida.com. That's my business name. And at olivelavida.com. That's my daughter's name, Olive. And so she was all of my life, but now is is allowing me to give all of my life to others. So Olive, La Vida, and that's where they could find me. Yeah, and La Vida means the life in the Spanish. Life. Yes, she's all your life. <laughs> Olive, La, yep. La Vida. I love it. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for doing this today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. That was Carissa Raya. Her heartfelt purpose as a photographer is to help keep a family's histories and stories. You can find her on Instagram at Olive Lavida. I hope your main takeaway from our conversation is that with a little forethought and preparation, you can capture moments and details that you'll treasure for years to come and to make sure to grab some pictures before things get too intense. One thing you can do for you is to be mindful of including yourself in the photos. It's so easy to just focus on taking pictures of your kids as they grow through all their firsts, but don't let yourself disappear from your family's photographic history. Even if you didn't get a chance to put on your makeup, do your hair, or get out of your sweats, even if you feel awkward or aren't comfortable with the current state of your body, your kids and your future self will thank you later. A shout out to Allison Tate and her article, The Mom Stays in the Picture, for inspiring this action. And then the one thing you can do for the rest of us is when you post on social media, get into the habit of adding a description for the image for people who can't see or access that photo. We are still getting into this habit in our own content, but it is a relatively simple action that makes your feeds more inclusive for the blind, for people with processing issues, or even those with slow internet connections where the image doesn't load clearly. You could also volunteer by lending your eyes and a bit of time at BeMyEyes.com. Birthful was created by me, Adriana Lozada, and is a production of La Antigua Williams & Co. The show's senior producer is Paulina Velasco, Virginia Lora is the managing producer. Cedric Wilson is our lead producer. Kat Hernandez and Ronald Young Jr. contributed to this episode. Thank you for listening to and sharing Birthful. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and everywhere you listen. Come back next week for more ways to inform your intuition.